As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Andrew, hit us with that spoiler cast theme song for the week. Rogue One is really awesome. It's really awesome. It is so great. There you go. It is so great. There's a little Bill Murray impersonation there almost. Welcome to the spoiler cast where the theme song is different every week because we would never want to spoil it. Uh, we are going to talk a little bit about Rogue One, a Star Wars story, not worrying about spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie and you don't want any spoilers, just go listen to the regular review. And then after you watch the movie, come back and listen to this one. Um, yeah, guys, this movie was awesome. Grandma Tarkin, why? <laughs> Grandma you Tarkin. You want to start there? Let's start there. It's the uh, biggest I, thing. It's the that biggest is not really where is. I want to start, but sure. Uh, all right. We'll go to where you want to start second. So we'll get, we'll get there quickly. But. Yeah, it was it was so distracting to me. Wow. Uh, I, I got over Tarkin, it. I, I couldn't. It was so uncanny valley for me. Every time he was on the screen, I was like, oh, I feel like a, uh, a Clone Wars character just stepped onto my actual human being movie. I, I and, feel like um, for me, it would have been more a uh, worse decision for them to either recast or move around him. Because that guy is the commander of the Death Star. Correct. But I don't think they needed him in the story to be that central role in the story. You could have yeah. had him still be the Death Star commander, but just not have lines or be, you know, central or, you know, one time a conversation could be going. Maybe you see him standing, you know, in the distance from the back or something. I just it didn't. We're just not there yet. Have Ben Mendelsohn be the one in charge of the Death Star after he dies? Grandma Tarkin gets promoted. Sure. Yeah. There's ways to solve it. I just think they thought they could nail it, and I just don't think they quite did. Yeah, Leia, they, Leia looked perfect, though. I don't agree. I thought Leia was Uncanny Valley as well, but I, I would have forgiven it more because it was so quick. Yeah. No, I thought Leia looked, like, eerily realistic. By the me. way, Leia shows up at the end of the movie, as you know if you've seen it, for just like, for a split second. seven seconds. Which is beautiful story-wise. I love the way the ending built to that moment. To yeah. right up until... Right up to home. that moment. Oh, I loved that so much. Um, which, speaking of the ending there... Remember yeah, when I said the, the last moment of this film was the best the, and most terrifying? The dance that we were doing... Yeah, is that where you want to start? Was yeah. Darth Vader. Vader getting unleashed. Like, that... At no other point in any of it, including the prequels, do you ever feel like Darth Vader's actually that big of a problem. Yeah. It's like everyone talks about how Vader's a threat. You can force choke dudes. That's pretty upsetting yeah. if you're not also a force user. But the real danger was everything else. Those, uh, like those soldiers were trapped in there with what is 
ostensibly mm. a monster from their nightmares. Yeah. So, it did not hit me that way, guys. Really? Like, I, it really cool. didn't. I like I'm I'm like I remember the scene now that you're talking about, you know, the Darth Vader because this is all going on, by the way. At the end of this movie, when all of our heroes are dying, everything's yeah. going down, you know, that kind of stuff. Did you see the fog? I don't know if it showed up in your in your viewing. It looks it. like darkness just spreading. Yeah. Whenever mm. he walks in the room. Maybe I do need to see it in laser to yeah, really get the that's full what, effect that's of it. That's why I'm asking. In laser IMAX, there was like, after like the room goes black, you can still see an even darker black fog. Really? Floating into the room. Mm-hmm. It's like just... Him. The dark side of the force was in there with them. And it was the creepiest thing ever. And then he just ignites that lightsaber and you're like, oh no. (laughs) It's all going down. Yeah. I just remember, see, I guess my emotion was more geared towards, because this is in the moments where they're trying to get that information that, that all of our heroes have given their lives for on this little disc to, you know, to the rebellion so that they can have it. And so my emotion was all geared towards... Get it out of there. Get it out of there. And not as much of it was geared towards, oh, my goodness, Darth Vader's killing people like crazy. I think also, like, not only is it Darth Vader being unleashed, it's the first time in any of the movies that we really see somebody fight with the Force. Mm. Like, Darth Vader, or uh, Yoda, that was weird. Yoda (laughs) flips around a bunch, and, like, they throw some stuff every now and then. Yeah. But nine times out of ten in any Jedi or Sith fight, they like do like one force push and then they forget that they have the force ever mm-hmm. again. Right. Yeah. Here he's just like every other attack is a force move. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's throwing it, he holds a dude up against the ceiling and just crushes him. Yeah. Like just while he's also chopping dudes down. Yeah. 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 I, I remember what you're talking about now. I think that's what it was for me, is I was so I was so wrapped up in how beautiful I thought it was. That they were that that everything is on the line, right? I mean, yeah. all these oh, people yeah. have given their lives, and if Vader gets to that little, you know, disc thing or whatever, it's all for nothing. You know, it feels like it's all for nothing, and it's just like I, I think I was really wrapped up in that, and, which yeah. is still super great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and it's funny because we know he doesn't get to it, but like there was still like that a part bit of, of you. us. Like, what if he does though? <laughs> Yeah. What if this is the reboot? Is it, that's kind of the sign of of you know a great movie at work, right? Is it it makes you even question the things you know because you're yeah. so enveloped in it. Full suspension of disbelief. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I if you see this movie in laser and then you see that dark fog rolling in around him, sounds interesting. And then the only I was thing, planning on going down and seeing it in laser at some point. So the only thing lighting up that room is his lightsaber, just giving it that red hue around that room is the terrifying. Horror. Of those guards, like those the soldiers just like, nope, nope. (laughs) (laughs) Let me out. So the other specific things we mentioned in the podcast proper that we want to make sure we get to uh, are the little wink moments. Uh, The one I think we were specifically talking about that we didn't didn't need was with the guys from the bar. uh, Oh, yeah. In the that's the one I was talking about. I, I was not talking. I was talking about C three PO and R two D two. That's what I, I was mean, saying. That's what I was saying was important to the story. Was C three PO and because you have to know that they're on the ship. Yeah, that they, that they get on the ship. That's but, what I was talking about. Why it's Im- the guys in the bar. Yeah, that was just a meh. I didn't get. I didn't get why. I mean, of all the st- stupid characters to accidentally run also, into, they would have had to have immediately left the planet. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that one was odd, but like it that's was the so one that, minor. The, the reason C-3PO and R... Like, I would have just, like, had them be getting on the ship so that if you're, like, watching the ship being loaded, you're like, 
Does huh. Ruby on R2D2? Instead of just like, and here we cut away so to more of C3PO. Like a, a, more of like a subliminal cameo an than Easter like a full-blown cameo. Uh, yeah, an East, yeah. Easter egg. Yeah, Easter of, egg instead of a cameo. Here's C-3PO yeah. saying C-3PO things for half a second where he's nowhere else in the film. I was really glad we didn't see Han. I was really glad they didn't try to shoehorn Han Solo in somewhere. That would have been really weird if they yeah. would have done it. Yeah. Yeah. So there was there was some talk that, that the reason they had to cast Han so early uh, was that he was making an appearance in this movie at some point. So that was a like a rumor like well, that would a while make, back. That wouldn't make sense then. Well, it would have had been a flashback. Yeah. Of it, some it sort. Would have just, it would have ruined the pacing of the movie terribly. Yeah. Unless he was just like in the movie for like half a second, in which case. So do you want to run down chronologically what happens in this movie? Sure, we can kind of take a look at it. Let's just talk about the things that we, you know, feel are important to talk about now that we're not worried about spoilers, but go ahead, yeah. So we know that Jen, the girl, whenever she's a kid, her father, who's played by Mads Mikkelsen, Great performance. Is, oh, he's so good. Both of them actually were really Always good. Always good, Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we find out that his character is actually a brilliant architect. Engineer en- guy. An engineer. And uh, Ben Mendelsohn's character, I'm trying not to confuse people with Mickelson and Mendelsohn, <laughs> yeah. but uh, Ben Mendelsohn is an imperial officer who is in charge of going and getting Mads Mickelson Galen, his the character's character, name, yeah. It's his character's name, back to finish the Death Star. Director, what was his name? Uh, not... Director something. Yeah. I had uh, it pulled up here. I, I loved him as the secondary villain. I thought that character was menacing and yet kind of funny. And I, I think he's more of the primary villain. Director Dude, would you Krennic. say primary? I always think Vader's the primary villain. Krennic. But... Yeah, Director Krennic. Yeah, he's, he's definitely the the primary antagonist. Okay, I think I, I think that I actually think that Vader is the sub sub villain in this. Secondary, because yeah, he he doesn't really fair interact enough. with the primary protagonist. No, fair enough. And the fact fair he's enough. in the movie for four minutes. Yeah, fair enough. Even um, though it's the like some of the most crazy four minutes. <laughs> yeah, uh, I loved him. I I thought he was, was great. He was he was menacing with a smirk. You know, and he was did you ever watch, did you ever watch Bloodline? I didn't. Oh, okay, that's where I was first introduced to. And they Middleton. set him up. They set him up really well there at the beginning because he goes lands on their planet where they're hiding. You know, the father sends the the daughter to go hide in the special hiding place, uh, but she sits and watches. So we know she's watching her mom and dad. You know, get. Um, well, her mom get killed by this guy and her dad taken away. And uh, it really sets up just the the emotion and all the payoff is set up there right from the beginning with, you know, that one scene. It was in that one scene that I knew that this film was going to be well acted mm-hmm. because just the performance between the banter going back and forth between Galen and Krennic was like, haunting and eerie and like his, his his instinctual lie to say that his wife is dead yeah he's like uh, oh i'm sorry and you just know that you know he doesn't believe it yeah. so he he goes back to the death star he goes and builds the death star basically mm-hmm. without him they don't have the death star and i'd like that the movie occasionally really takes a, a few moments to go what about that decision is that the right decision well he believes that the death star would exist without him right i know he believes that yeah but is that true? You know, like it's it's kind of one of those things where it's like, what if you were in that situation? You know, would you build the nuclear bomb, so to speak? You know, those guys that built the nuclear bomb, but then put a fail. But then the thing that everybody complains about, A New Hope, 
is addressed in this movie at yeah. that moment. Which, to take a moment away from that, that's a planet-killing laser. That's got to generate some heat. The fact <laughs> that, that that exhaust port is so small is actually kind of mir- miraculous, right? <laughs> yeah. That's, I don't know how space lasers work. I apologize. Yeah, I would assume light, it puts Technically, off. lightsaber shouldn't work either. But hey. I mean, you're in deep space. It's really cold there. Everything will be fine. Yeah, but you have to get it out of the station into deep space. Otherwise, you're just cooking a moon. Hey, we don't know how. So, what you're saying is somebody work. couldn't couldn't build a Death Star right now? Is that what you're saying? Um, actually, didn't like NASA say how much it would cost to make the Death no, Star? No, they figured that was it out. The Enterprise, the Enterprise, oh, the Enterprise. Okay. They built the Enterprise. Nice. But uh, does that include the warp drive? I would have to. Yeah, that was on the Enterprise. But like. We can't build that. I'm sure we can. Yeah. I mean, if we can, then we should be... possible with radar. <laughs> we should definitely be fixing all of our other problems <laughs> with right. that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, then, uh, so he is the one that, in A New Hope, everybody's like, wow, you could just shoot one thing, one little missile into How this exhaust port? How convenient that yeah. this amazing space station has a flaw. Turns out that was intentional yeah. from Galen building the Death Star so great. just so it could be destroyed later on. Yeah. And then uh, Jin, as a little girl, grows up into this really strong, independent woman who... Raised by Saw Gerrera, who is, is an awesome name. It is a really awesome name, which is Forrest Whitaker's character. And then he abandons her, too, so now she is a loner. She double abandon. Double abandon. But then word gets out from a pilot and an imperial defector that Galen needs to let the Rebel Alliance know, I have built this flaw into this machine that can destroy entire planets. Yeah. Which they never... He also is telling them that they have a machine that destroys entire planets. Exactly. Yeah. Which they never fully power up the Death Star in this movie. Yeah, I wanted to ask a little bit about there. The two things I didn't understand, actually completely separate things. Uh, I was thinking of one and then you mentioned the other. Uh, the one that you're mentioning right now is why didn't it blow up planets? Did we? Did they mention why? Yeah, they, they did. They, they just said, they didn't want to power it up to its full. Yeah, they say they wanted a. They didn't want a statement. They wanted a test. So see if it can. Like, don't crank it up to full power. Just see if it can see destroy the city. At, you know, fifty percent or whatever. Exactly. Also, they didn't want to play their hands too soon because the Imperial Senate was still a thing. Mm. Um, throughout, they called Mon Mothma. Is that her name? Mon Mothma. Uh, the, she was still a senator for all of that. So is Leia. The Senate is dissolved at the beginning of A New Hope after they're like, we have a planet-killing laser. We don't need you. Right. Yeah. Uh, so if if before the weapon was fully realized, they were like, yeah, we're going to blow up planets and stuff. But then everybody would know. And then they'd move against it. They would lose all of their support prior to having an actually effective weapon. I see. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, it happens towards the beginning, so I'll just go, men- go ahead and mention it as well. What happened with the guy that uh, our hero spy guy... We shot him. Yeah, but why, but like, wh- why did he do that? Because he wasn't <laughs> going to make it out of there, and he had it the same information he would have cracked under torture. Yeah. So, so it was... I thought that was the intent, was yeah. like, here's a hard decision he had to make. He actually had to kill somebody on their side. So it wasn't like that was like a, uh, you know... A, 
dual spy or something or a, no 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 no, 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 he, no. And he actually had to kill a good guy and i love that actually about this film no 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 it, it, it is powerful it's really powerful like the hard choices you have to make during war and, and what would you yeah. do you know because that in the fact by the way i don't i don't think i have the strength to do that kind of like i don't think if i were in that situation i'm i could do it well i'm a pacifist so i know i couldn't yeah but uh i like the fact that for every single star wars movie we've had the Rebel Alliance has always been 100% pure and good. This is the first time we're seeing that they have to get their hands dirty every now and then. Yeah. Because they're losing this war. Well, that's the yeah. truth of war. You know, I mean, you, you don't come out of war clean. And that's why I think this movie works so well as not only a good Star Wars movie like Jareth was saying, but as a good movie in general. Yeah, for sure. All also, right. we're just, we're not those people anymore that we can go like, oh... Purely the good guys rebelling against purely the bad guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, we don't really make movies that way anymore because those stories don't resonate very well anymore. Yeah. yeah, nuance is a really important part of storytelling, you know, uh, especially modern storytelling. So, um, the Rebel Alliance, they gather the... Uh, they they take Jin and say, your father's alive, he has information for us. Go with this pilot and his uh, robot K2SO. I think K2SO. K2SO. It was the best thing. Best part of this entire movie. Yeah. Besides, I love K2SO. Yeah. And uh, go to this planet where uh, Saw Guerrera is. Because he has split with the Rebel Alliance, unbeknownst to Galen Erso. Yeah. And he has information that was sent from your father. They go to this planet, which was not Tatooine, was it? Mm-mm. No, it was uh, Jetta. Jetta. That's what yeah. it was. And uh, which was which was where the Jedi wasn't that a Jedi planet? It was a Jedi temple. There Jedi was temple? a Jedi temple. There, yeah. Yes, that's where they. That's where the uh, when we get there, we find out that the Empire is looting the Jedi temple to gather all the Kyber crystals. Yes, which the Kyber Kyber, Kyber crystals are what power the Death Star and lightsabers and lightsabers, which yeah. is terrifying because Kyber crystals are inherently strong with the Force. Yeah, yeah. So those aren't just crystal refractors. That's a force conduit. Yeah. Yeah. That's like a giant lightsaber, essentially. Exactly. They're shooting yeah. at a planet. Yeah. So, um, I wonder get... if there's any other ramifications about that. It'd be interesting to look up. It really would. So, they get there on the planet, and uh, K2SO is being hilarious and making everybody laugh. Um, Jen <laughs> finally runs into. Are you, are you laughing at the back? He just dropped your yeah. stuff. I, w- I wouldn't mind. Yeah, I wouldn't mind if you died. Uh, then, uh, so they run into Sagarera. He tells... Who is bananas. He's crazy. He's lost his mind. He's torturing the Imperial Defector. That was um, a weird creature. Oh, yeah. Like a mind Which, sucker of some sort. Poor gullet or whatever. Yeah, the, the poor gullet. That's what Force Whitaker sounds like in the movie. Which, nothing seemed to come of his uh, comment that sometimes you lose your mind if it like well the, he, he was a little loopy for a bit yeah he seemed a little uh, off but he did he was he, he was kind of also it. half darth vader right like with the breathing i and thought the, that whenever he first brought that thing up and he started mm-hmm. breathing out of that respirator first thing i thought it was darth vader yeah i was well, like oh look it's mini darth he he had a lot of uh cybernetics in him exactly and we the three characters that we've seen now saw guerrera included that are highly cybernetic have breathing all apparatus have, Pain and breathing uh, yeah. issues. Yeah, Darth Vader, General Grievous, and Saw. Yeah, none of them are happy 
they're like, I'm robot dude now. <laughs> they're like, this is terrible. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Uh, Luke seems to be fine, though. Well, yeah, but well, that's just like got a minor. <laughs> hey. Anyway, um, so not only do they run into Sagarera and he gives Jin the information, they also run into Donnie Yin's character, who is not a Jedi. They were very clear about saying this man is not a Jedi. What's well, one of my favorite parts of the movie is that the Jedi and the Force, for the most part, are completely absent from this movie. And in a in a tangible way, and but it's affecting everything about the movie. And yeah. I love that because there's almost an element of faith to it, right? Like yeah. his character is a character of faith, yeah, which is really interesting. He's definitely powerful, and looking at him, you're like, how is he doing this? Yeah, but like the the idea of like the blind monk or the blind samurai is not so removed from us that we're like, sure. Oh, you know, we're just like, that's that character. Yeah. But, exactly. you know, his prayers and stuff. Uh, that's kind of why I wish I'd seen this one first. Its introduction to the Force is way more... Mysterious? I was about to, was about to say way more better. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, that too. It, it The the fact that it kind of eases you into it, you're like, yeah. the Force is definitely a thing. There's something, yeah. Well, and you could even be like... Is it real or is it not real in this movie? You and know, then like, whenever you meet Obi-Wan, he's like, I'm going to teach you stuff. And you're like, whoa, whoa it is real. Yeah. Well, besides- well and that's why that's why you've got Han Solo saying, you know, hokey religions and ancient mm-hmm. mumbo jumbo or whatever yeah. he says, because that's, you know, a lot of people, it had been absent long enough. They just they yeah. didn't believe. Well, besides Leia, uh, Donnie Yen's character, Sharut, is the only force sensitive person we've seen that's not a Jedi. Hmm. So. Which, according to the extended universe, is actually fairly common. Yeah. But okay. I wouldn't have known that. Yeah. Um, also, so, I would argue Han Solo is Force-sensitive as well, but sure. Yeah, so we meet Chirrut and uh, Bayes, that's his friend's name, who is not at all into the Force. Anymore. No. Anymore. Because uh, Chirrut says when they're in the prison that he used to be the most devout monk. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I'd forgotten that. It's part of their story. Exactly. It's actually the his final moment, not not his final moment, but um, the like when he stops mom. to pray with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. really it's really powerful. Oh, that was heartbreaking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, then, kind of the, always wanted him to get out of there. Chirrut. Yeah. He's like, yeah, just survive. Yeah, I guess now's as good a point as any. To say nobody, nobody survives. survives. Not a Every single, person, single person, survives. person dies. And and I I I am saddened and love it. Like, yeah. You know, it, it broke my heart, and at the same time, it it's a perfect story choice. It underscores the absolute sacrifice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, everything that got us to a new hope was built on the bones of these people who yeah. gave it all. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas yeah, before, powerful. it was just like, Leia has Death Star plans, sure. Cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Great. So then, after that, the Death Star shows up and says, let's test out this weapon's power not to its full potential. Let's just try and destroy this city, and it destroys the city. It apparently creates some sort of giant tsunami of Earth. Yeah, which is really crazy, beautiful, and also even. super cool. Yeah, I don't know if it's possible, but still awesome. Yeah. Well, technically, a lot of stuff in the Star Wars universe isn't possible. Oh yeah, like all these that you know, like all these <laughs> ships that leave orbit at light speed. Would totally destroy the atmosphere of every single planet. Actually, you know, that's, that's you don't know mentioned. what kind of 
UPS universal positioning system they have. That's <laughs> actually worth mentioning. Um, so in that film, uh, when they're leaving uh, Jeddah, Cassian on the fly does the calculations for the um, warp drive or not warp drive for the hyperdrive for the hyperdrive and jumps from inside the gravity well. Yeah, right there. That is an insane move. That would destroy the planet. Well, well, it would destroy the atmosphere of the planet. Actually, it technically wouldn't, but the fact that the ship survived. He made a it was like a split second decision that was absurd, but he had to do it. Yeah. Because uh the way hyperspace works is you just enter another dimension, yeah. hyperspace. Mm-hmm. And uh but things in our dimension or their dimension rather uh, cast gravity shadows. And if you run into one in hyperspace, you explode. He was inside a gravity shadow, which is why there's hyperspace lanes. Those are areas that never have things in them. So they're like, these are safe. You can go through them uh, all the time. Uh, he was inside one and did it. And the robot wasn't done with the calculations. Yeah. As far as we know, Han Solo can't do that. Yeah. At least not as far as we've seen. Yeah. I mean, he's exited well, super close, but... Well, his hyperdrive never worked in the Millennium Falcon anyway, so... <laughs> but, um, so they they make it out, and they decide, we're gonna go to rescue, quote-unquote, Galen. Yeah. Mads Mikkelsen's character. When, in fact, one of our characters, Cassian... Is gonna kill him, and this is also the point where that scene I mentioned earlier about him killing somebody who was good comes into play as well, because we know he's willing to do the hard thing if he yeah. thinks it's the right thing, and so I think that that scene also, now that I think about it, uh, is meant to inform this moment as well, where we you're will, like he would he pull the he will do it, he will pull the trigger if yeah. he needs to. So he leaves on his own once they land on this planet that Cassian is being held on. And he goes to try and snipe him. Um, turns out he decides not to. But at the same time, the Alliance sends a, an X-Wing squadron, and they just blow up the the base anyway, killing yeah. Galen and almost Jen. Bad move. Bad move. They had no way of knowing because they'd lost communications, but still, yeah. Yeah. So then they all get back on a ship that they steal from the Empire, and then they're heading to the Rebel Alliance base. And that's when Jen is like, you were going to kill my dad. And he's like, well, I didn't. He just died anyway. And uh, so there's a little bit of tension between them. Land on the Rebel base. They inform everybody. There's a thing called the Death Star. It can destroy planets. And half of them don't believe it. And the other half are like, well, if they have this power, we should just surrender. Uh, yeah. I think it's more like split in thirds. Like, one yeah, third's like I don't I believe guess there's it. There's a third, and then there's a third like let's go fight. Yeah, like um, the Mon Calamari guy. It was. I can't remember his name. It was pretty obvious there wasn't going to be no consensus. Like you know, like n- they weren't going to agree on what to do. There were too many and different viewpoints. Kind of the point of the Death Star is yeah. to be so terrifying that at least some of the people are going to be like, I don't want to fight that. Yeah. And is every single Mon Calamari going to be an admiral of a fleet? Because <laughs> you have Akbar, you have this guy, and then there was another one in, I think, uh, Force Awakens as well. There they was... are naturally great strategists and good pilots. Okay. There you go. There we go. So then... I mean, you know, not yeah. to stereotype them or anything, but, yeah. you know. It's about reflexes and intuition. Yeah. Great pod racers. 
Oh yeah. So then you, I bet they, I bet they would be. <laughs> but then, uh, so Jen and her crew decide, well, if this is on our shoulders, then to go and relay these plans to you to prove that you can destroy this thing, because yeah. a lot of the alliance people are like, you can't destroy this thing, and. Jen says, well, my father sent me this message saying you can. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing they don't believe. Yeah. Yeah, especially because that message was destroyed when Jetta was destroyed. Exactly. Yeah. So they don't have the message. It's also cool how many planets we go to in this one. There's, we go to like so especially many. Especially right at the beginning. Yeah, we go I to like nine got planets. It almost got annoying and confusing at the beginning. I, I was really with, like. I wouldn't go with annoying. It definitely got confusing. Um, I, it was just, it almost reminded me of an SNL skit at, at the beginning where it's just like, and now we're at a different place and now we're at a different place. But you know what now- I, you know what I think? I think they're relying on multiple viewings of this movie, which they're definitely going to get from yeah, me yeah. to where you understand. And it just makes the universe seem that much bigger. Yeah. yeah. No, I understand. I get it. I get it. Cause most of the time in the other films is spent on one planet or the other. Yeah. Uh, with the exception of some of the prequels, they keep going to Naboo and then back to Coruscant. Mm-hmm. And then here's another place, but we don't care about it. Yeah. Whereas this one, they're like, here's this place. There's people here. We care about it. Mm-hmm. And then we get a phenomenal scene in this movie where Krennic, director Krennic, goes to this lava planet. And it looks so Potentially familiar. Mustafar. Yeah, it mm-hmm. looks like Mustafar, which I I think it is. I think they they, they didn't never, say it was it was Mustafar. They, they don't label it. They at don't all. label it. Oh, it had to be. Yeah, I just assumed. I didn't even think that was like a like a. I yeah. just assumed it had to be. And then you see isn't this, Vader there healing. Yeah, you think yeah, it's I, this. You see this temple, and and you're like, oh man, this is where we're gonna see Vader. And sure enough, you see Vader walk out of this foggy room, and then you hear James Earl Jones sweet. Uh. Le- velvety voice <laughs> and it's the greatest feeling on the planet hearing him voice vader again it's like being gently caressed by an earthquake yeah <laughs> and then he's such a great way to explain it and then he starts force choking krennic and he lands a pun yep don't uh, choke on your ambition <laughs> yeah so good and then I thought that was going to be the only time we saw vader i really did think did that you? Was, i really did god but I, then that uh, and then that last scene the terrifying, terrifying scene, but we're going to get there. So then they head to a the Imperial, uh, what would you call it? A uh, Archives? The Imperial yeah, Archives? Yeah, the Imperial Archives archive on Scarif? Scarif, that's Scarif. what it was. Thank you. They head and to it's... Scarif with this last minute, last ditch, every all or nothing plan to steal Them and the... a ragtag group of volunteers which is yeah. a tried and true story uh, telling yeah. technique. Them, them yeah. in the red shirts. Exactly. But what we didn't know is they're all red shirts. <laughs> yeah. So. so And yet I still cared more about those red shirts than I did any other red Amen, shirt in Star brother. Wars. Amen exactly. brother. So then this giant uh, stealth assault ensues. So then you have K2SO, Jin and Cassian sneaking into the archives to steal the records. So can I just can I just ask you, does it didn't it's, the archives seem a little archaic to you? Like how why would you need to actually pull them out of some machine like couldn't you just think, download them onto a like, you know I think that they had them like backed up to like hard drives because that way you're not if you keep something in the cloud, the cloud can be hacked. 
Yeah. Also, they don't really deal with the cloud ever in Star Wars. Well, no, it's not I, really don't even mean, I don't even mean the cloud. I just mean to I be just... connected directly to some sort of console in the control room where you could be like, oh, I want this one on this little thing. Yeah, that I, I think I have. that the like, idea is that this is a vault storing information yeah. and it's critical information. Yeah. So they want everything to be. They want it to be a little more complicated. Copy. Yeah, complicated. exactly. So that if you're going to get right, in I'll there, buy it. I'll buy it. Exactly. Plus, it adds, you know, an extra bit of drama to the film. Oh, yeah, you have it does. To go. Yeah, so, with like the cl- uh, the crane, claw crane like yeah. game that they had to play. Yeah. So then there's the shield you have to go through to get onto this planet. I love that shield. That was really. I know cool. we've seen things like that in other sci-fi movies. I get that that like planet shields where there's a port or an opening have been a thing. Yeah. But for whatever reason, just the look of it Even and the way space it worked. Balls, there was. A- <laughs> I just I just really liked it. I just thought it it looked really cool. Yeah, it looked great. So. The Empire shuts that shield. Nothing can get in or out. Right. So if they want to beam this information for the Death Star out, the Alliance has to open it up. And that's when all these Alliance ships fly into orbit. Remind me why they decided. I mean, it gave me goosebumps as well. Remind me, did we see them deciding to do this or did they just show up? Mon Mothma already wanted to. Yeah. And then so did um, the Mon Calamari guy. Yeah. But... Everyone else is like, we're not going to do it. We don't believe this. But then they were there doing it already. Yeah. And the Mon Calamari guy's like, I'm ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, who's with me? We're going. Yeah. Kind of thing. And then they all decide to go. And then whenever all those Alliance ships come out of orbit right in front of like those Star Destroyers and stuff, I got the goosebumps (laughs) of a lifetime. Yeah. And I'm like, we're going to do this. And it was glorious. So there's a battle on planet and then the infamous space battles in Star Wars. And this may be one of the best space battles. Oh, it was great. It was so good. Uh, both the space battle and the ground battle. Like, yeah. everything was just they firing perfectly. super key uh, officers in that fight as well. The yeah. general was part of uh, Red Squad or Blue Squadron on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Or on the fight near the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was pretty impressive. They take down the shield by pushing one of the star destroyers into it, which another was, star destroyer. Yeah, God, was, which was awesome. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty impressive. I feel yeah. like maybe that star destroyer should have had some other defenses to handle that, but still, I was like, yeah, all yeah. day, all day. Yeah. So I also wasn't quite sure about the antenna beaming things out, like. Like it just seemed like old school technology to have to have it pointed in the right direction or something. I don't know. It was. <laughs> That's, I mean, I'll go with it. I'm just telling you when I was watching, I was like, really? You just got to. Yeah. That's you know. kind of part of the idea of Star Wars, though. Yeah. Yeah. Like the prequels kind of erased a lot of that. And it was to the detriment of the whole series. Thing. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, this giant thing comes into orbit around the planet. And it's the Death Star. Yeah. And then Tarkin is like, uh, we can't have them beam out that information. Blow up our station. And they aim the Star Destroyer or the Death Star right at the station. And right before it blows it up, they send out the uh, beacon with all the information. It's also worth noting that Director Krennic gets shot directly, directly by from the Death, the Death Star. Star. <laughs> Did you notice that? Like, yeah. it hit him like right on. Yeah. The thing that he spent his entire life to build is the thing that it wasn't the shockwave that killed him, the beam hit him. Yeah. <laughs> aim at that jerk. <laughs> yeah. So, headshot. It pretty much was. So then um, they send out the 
information stardust which is what it was in, enclosed as because that's what galen called Jin as a kid mm. uh send that out into space tear yeah a little sad um and then so cassian and Jin know they can't make it out because at this point k2so has already died and that yeah. was heartbreaking yeah oh, that was rough gosh. he went out like a pro though oh yeah and in every single person went out doing something vital to the mission yeah which could be a little bit like you know really like that's how you know like that's how it's gonna happen but, but it makes you care about yeah. every single person i guess technically Jin in in i guess they didn't go out while doing something critical to no, the mission, they, but they, they finished they, they, the mission. they finished their yeah. mission so uh donnie yin and Baze had already died and donnie yin's death that i am with the force the force is with me his Just walk walking through the battlefield yeah. that was great Stormtroopers can't shoot anyway, but it was nice that he had the force with him a little bit. Well, I mean, in this one, we see the Stormtroopers being a real problem, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas before, it's like, there's never a focus on the red shirts long enough to see them really getting mowed down. Yeah. I mean, they did a ton of damage, but these are like elite rebel guys. Uh, Seeing, like, the battle on Jeddah before, the Stormtroopers were getting it done. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, speaking of, um, we didn't we didn't mention anything about it. I just wanted to mention how amazing our introduction scene to him was, where he took out all those people with. I mean, that oh, was I'm that was sorry. one of my favorite scenes in I the movie. I shouldn't have glossed over that. No, no, no. Our introduction to him was just like the, you know the the adrenaline moments you get in these kind of movies. Yeah. That yeah. may have been my biggest adrenaline moment. It was a kung fu movie. moment. Oh, it was so in good. a Star Wars movie. Yeah, it was so good. Have you ever seen It Man? No, I should though. Okay, the. If you love that style of fighting, that is what he is known for. for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that because I didn't know if they were going to be able to do like that style of fighting in a Star Wars film if it would feel right. It feels fine. To and me. It was great. Yeah, it, felt it was perfect. so good. And uh, yeah, I I should not have glossed over that because it was definitely one of the highlights of the film. Yeah. Now imagine it. if that guy had been a Jedi. <sighs> yeah. He would have been an unstoppable force. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of that's kind of Darth Maul's thing, right? Like Darth Maul was a little bit that way you yeah. know where he was jedi plus you know or sith i guess yeah. plus you know martial artist yeah which he technically didn't die in phantom menace because no i know was, yeah. everybody was so mad like you can't get rid of him they brought him back for uh yeah little robotic yeah, ro- robo legs yeah robo spider legs which again phantom menace is a criminal underuse of a super cool character yeah, yeah. um so death star shoots at the planet now you have once again this wave of earth flying at you earth fire and you know steam water so they know they're gonna die everybody on the planet is gonna die because their ship's already destroyed there's no way out exactly then they all die and it's it's i don't know how to describe how difficult that was to watch it was sad and heroic yeah it was beautiful and aaron how how did that affect you whenever you saw oh there's so much resonance there because you just you know you've you've been conditioned to to protagonists making it out alive yeah. like it's just that's just how we've been conditioned and as the horizon is especially glowing especially in star wars especially in star wars as the horizon is glowing and coming towards them you're like you have the time to process oh there's they're not making it they're really not making it out of yeah, here like nobody's yeah. making it out of here and so it gives you that time to feel what they must be feeling their own moment of we're not yeah. making it out of here this There's, is it you know yeah that that tragic moment of just like i accept this yeah. we did good yeah 
Yeah. And then you have to come to those terms separately and be like, they accept this. Yeah. And going back to podcast proper, Aaron, whenever you were talking about what this means for A New Hope Now, whenever mm-hmm. I watch A New Hope Now and they say, we got the plans for the Death Star, I'm, th- I'm going to be thinking in my head, don't gloss over the fact <laughs> that you just got these plans. Yeah. What all these amazing people died to give you. Don't they you. say that in, in, a new, in A New Hope? They say many Bothans die in Return of the Jedi. But don't this. they say something about people dying for to get the Death Star plans in A New Hope? Do they? I don't remember. If they do, you're probably thinking in A New Hope that it's the people who died when they boarded the ship. Yeah. Because yeah. they don't really talk about how they got the plans. They're just like, we've got them. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to look so, that up, but keep going, yeah. If it's if you find the Bothans things, that, that's not it. That's for something different. But... So I they, still think one Bothan should have died at least. <laughs> His name was Minnie. Yeah, Minnie. Like M I N I. He's a small mint yeah. Bothan. Yeah. A Little, smaller small, Bothan. Small rat man. Yeah. They're smaller, like this smaller anyway. rat man. But uh, so then they beam the signal, or the signal is finally finished downloading on one of the ships in the Alliance fleet. And then they're but being. But it gets disabled. But yeah, but it's disabled now and it's boarded by the Empire. Which, by the way, that was the ship that the Mon Calamari guy was on. Yeah, exactly. So then, that is when we get, for me personally, the best scene in a Star Wars film ever. Which is Darth Vader wrecking wrecking house. Oh, it was intense. Like, seeing that, I I have trouble imagining someone being like, I'm signing up for the Rebel Alliance. If I was the Empire... He would be my poster child for propaganda. He's your yeah. war propaganda ban. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you don't want to fight him. Yeah. Just send out hollow vids of him murdering an entire platoon of dudes with no trouble. Yeah. yeah. Effortless. He never once stopped walking forward. He never once stopped yeah. to do anything. What a, what a great, what a great, um, story choice too that you know that's because it it really is unstoppable yeah you know it's not just it's not just that he's going to win he's unstoppable he just keeps going and so you really started to feel like oh my goodness he's going to get those plans like you know they can't stop him and they didn't stop him they just managed to outrun him yeah you know so barely uh, barely yeah it was the coolest moment not only that we ever see with darth vader it's the coolest moment we ever see with a sith or a jedi yeah period yeah yeah. Because he is using his entire arsenal on nobodies. Yeah. Not like against Obi-Wan, not against another Force user. He is just a force of nature trapped in a small metal tube with a bunch of scared human beings. Yeah. yeah. And, man, beyond powerful. And then they get the plans through a little slot in the door away from Darth Vader, run it to a... Uh, what. Hammerhead Corvette. A hammerhead Corvette that was docked on the giant carrier. And then Darth Vader walks out and then watches it go away, which is the exact same hammerhead carrier that's in A New Hope that they're going to board later on, which Leia is on. She is given the codes, and they say, what are these codes? Leia looks at the camera and says, hope. And then we get the credits. Yeah. How long after that moment... Do Darth and Leia have their moment? Five minutes, right? Like it's it leads us right to the to the because, cusp of New Hope because they immediately Vader's... catch because we we enter with them jumping out of hyperspace and being boarded, right? Yeah, yeah. by Vader who is in pursuit. Yeah, 
Yep, that's exactly. And then that's, oh, that's incredible. So that's yeah, how A New Hope is technically like a five and a half hour movie. Now. Yeah, no, that's that's just incredible. And it makes it way harder for me to judge New Hope poorly in any way. Yeah. yeah, Aaron, you're so right when you say that this makes A New Hope better. It makes it such a better movie. Yeah. It's and it was already one of my favorite movies. You know, I loved it, but but it's yeah, kind of hard to imagine like that, right? Like you love this movie already. And then something comes along like 30 yeah. years later. and So let me ask you this. Is it is it possible then that they're going to be this great at this that we're going to get some of these same kind of feelings with the Han Solo movie or the Boba Fett movie? I don't think so. It's I think it's going to be harder. I Definitely, yeah. Because they're dealing with source material directly. Yeah. As opposed to like dealing with something that was never talked about. Yeah. Yeah, um, I... I, I I'm nervous about the... They're not calling the other one Star Wars Story. They're calling them um, Star Wars something else. What What, what is it? It's, uh, I'll uh, look it up. So it's uh, Han Solo is one of them. I really hope that they bring their, the same type, same level of play to those as this. Anthology films? Uh, yeah, they're calling them Star Wars Anthology. So Star Wars Anthology Han Solo comes out in 2018. Star Wars Anthology Boba Fett comes out in 2020. Because, see, with this film, because we knew nothing, really, besides that they get the plans, they could do most of whatever they wanted. Killing off everybody was a great decision. Yeah. Because it was powerful, and it also is like, well, why don't we ever see Jen Erso again? Yeah. Because she died. Yeah. Um, But I don't know. with it, Han Solo, it's a lot harder. I certainly, after, after Force Awakens in this, some level of trust. That they're at least treating the property well, and they, you know, they're yeah. willing to fingers to crossed, do what it right? takes. So, man, Disney <laughs> hitting yeah. it out of the park with Star Wars and Marvel movies and Pixar and Disney they're just, proper. They're just printing money right now over at Disney. Yeah, I wish I would have invested in Disney like ten years ago. <laughs> I wish I would have invested in Disney like a hundred years yeah. ago in nineteen sixty. When, when did Disney yeah. go public? Uh, yeah, that would have been a good investment. But like one dollar in Disney, and Jareth, then boom, I'd be a billionaire. I, I think you're Willie. making great, wise investments, son. Steamboat <laughs> Willie comes out, and di- and Jared's like, "Here's my money. Here's all of my money." Yeah. If I could time travel. <laughs> yeah. All right. Wow. I want to go see this again. Let's do I it. Also, do. All right, we're out of here. We're gonna watch. Uh, we're gonna watch the movie again. Bye. 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 I love that. It was a note. Yeah. Bye. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.